Welcome to As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio, where every week we talk about one Alkaline Trio song. This week, it's Till Death Do Us Part. It's Until Tim. Until Death Do Us Part. Goodbye for now, leaving town for a while. That is, in fact, the song. True Till Death. Were, were you ever a straight edge kid? I was never a straight edge kid, although at this point in my life, I could claim edge, I think. Yeah, you could. It's true. I was as a kid. I didn't like claiming it, though. No. Because I like hated all the straight edge people uh, <laughs> I, I mean, grew it's, up with. Yeah. It, it's and a I didn't like a lot of straight edge bands. Um, I actually love most straight edge bands well, really well, like most good straight edge bands i mean and there I are always great ones. have um i think that straight edge bands also tend to have the best band names true i well it's funny because i remember uh i've maybe i've mentioned this before but i remember in college uh hearing about that band the pains of being pure at heart and i was like oh that's gonna be oh like, yeah that's, that's gonna be that a sick band. ass straight edge band and then i heard it and it was like huh where's the breakdowns because that's like that is a band that should have been a straight edge band with that name yeah definitely um, but like i don't know it's cool i like a lot of it now uh, I, now that i'm like settling back into the fact that i just like heavy music well as yeah. an adult and you and you just don't really have uh too many interactions with like the bad types of straight edge people in your life yeah i'm not like running into the dude's from verse ever uh, <laughs> um yeah poison planet isn't uh oh yelling God. at you for being at the show jesus christ um that was a band that hey, was a band welcome to as you were a podcast about alkaline trio my name is tim crisp this is my friend and co-host david anthony hello friends hey we are back we are back and i i just like to start by saying we are back uh, together for the first time since we dropped an episode a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. which was our episode about Bleeder. And, you know, right after we recorded that episode, first of all, we hugged. Yes. And, um, you know, and then we sat for a little bit and then we did our 100 Stories episode, which went up last week. And but now, you know, that we're that we're here and we're able to kind of talk to all of you uh, for the first time since dropping that episode, we I just really want to express a very, very heartfelt thank you to so many of you out there who just showed us love for, you know, what we talked about in that episode. It was a, a lot of a lot of heaviness, but it was also just like, I guess for me, it was very important to share. And I really knew that it was it was the type of story that so many of you out there probably have had experience with or have friends who have had experiences with you know that that type of of fucking real life that happens and the types of feelings that you attach yourself to this band so getting you know a lot of people saying thank you and Mm -hmm. all of that stuff really really meant a lot yeah that was uh it's it's always kind of wild to put yourself out there like that especially because like I feel very lucky that there are so many people who listen to this regularly and there are so many people who when episode goes up, they'll like DM me with their thoughts or like hit me up and they're people I don't even know. And, uh, 
it's cool to like have them like hear that and reach out and be so kind. And like also just knowing that like there are people who have gone through that or even if they haven't have, are very sympathetic. It's just really cool. And it's, it, it is always a nice reminder of like the kind of community this thing has built inadvertently. We didn't know who was going to care. And there are so many of you who do. And obviously, you know, uh, it goes without saying, like, we love hearing from you. We love sharing our stories with you. And we love that you guys do that with us. So, you know, obviously keep doing that. It's it's really cool. And it's it's a nice little byproduct of a thing that we just did kind of as a lark to have all these people, like, really, really care <laughs> and give a shit. Yeah, so thank you for that. Absolutely. Um, now let's talk about a thing we don't give a shit about. <laughs> <laughs> well, first, uh, you know, we, we'd like to invite anybody out there. Uh, the opportunity to go ahead to patreon.com slash as you were. There's a couple different ways uh, through Patreon that you can help support the show. We have lots of cool incentives out there. One of which just dropped uh, this past Saturday. And that was our is this thing cursed listening party. Yeah. I mean, a a nice thing to go back to like people reaching out is, Obviously, a lot of people were excited about this record. I'm sure a lot of you were curious how we are going to cover this record. Now that it's out there, we did a listening party where we talked about it, listened to the whole thing. You can join us for that. But also, now these songs get slotted into the rotation. They do. And so, they will be on the playlist number three, which is the playlist that we're on right now. Although, it did not get uh, did not get picked this week. We got a My Shame is True track. Uh until death do us part yeah not um, till death do us part yeah um i don't know i i it's gonna be hard for me to not talk about this song and then talk a lot about is this thing cursed just because there's a clear divide in how i feel about these things and uh-huh. i've been very very vocal about the fact Well, that, and yeah i mean that's like what's on the forefront of everybody's brains right now totally and um Well, it's also just like, as we discussed in the first episode, when we ranked all the records and rated them, the most recent three are my least favorite three. And that's no secret as I'm not, you know, everyone who's listened to this has learned by this point that when we talk about a song from really this addiction and my shame is true, I kind of go off a little bit about how lazy I think it all is. Um, how much I just don't like those records, how much I tried to really like those records and it didn't stick to me. And this song is a prime example of everything I've not liked since Agony and Irony. So this is the final track on My Shame is True. And if you don't know that it's the final track on My Shame is True, you can probably make a pretty good good well uh educated guess that the moment it starts it's like oh okay here we are last track (laughs) yeah and i think this song is not it's not done any favors taken out of context because it feels so over the top and so melodramatic whereas like on the record i don't want to say it it feels any more earned because you know it's a skiba breakup record and he's really driving that point home um throughout my shame is true but by the end it's just this record feels really long to me if this song feels so much like he's trying to be profound and drive home the point of like i am broken hearted and i love this person and i want blah 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 
and it, it it's just really cloying in a way that I don't appreciate. Yeah, it's definitely the chorus is is so big, and he's like, "Tell me, it'll all be okay." Mm-hmm. And you know, I I think that what it kind of runs into, especially with this era of the band, is that you know the moment the acoustic guitar like comes out it's like all right we're gonna we're gonna drive it home and we're gonna try and drive it home in the uh you know the best way uh that we possibly can which is something that they've done from the very beginning with sorry about that yeah um i mean i think it's important to talk about just like the closing tracks on the records in general because like sorry about that is over the top for sure but i really like it um, well, it comes from a really genuine place, and it's a song that has like depth to it. And the like, the reason "Sorry About That" works so well is because he's saying plainly what happened, and he's yeah, giving you yeah. details to the story. And what, he's also implicating himself a lot in it, which yeah. I, which I think is the most important part of their early records. That like, while there's always been a lot of like toxic kind of misogynistic shit in like that kind of pop punk and emo world i think the early alkaline trio material is a lot of matt putting the burden on himself and calling himself out and then you hear a song like this where it's like but a boy can dream it's like oh dog yeah everything everything you're also you're 36 like yeah for sure um i i think that it's like it's like sorry about that works and it works so well and i think that radio has a lot of that same like energy at least at the very beginning where it's like all right we're we're gonna be really really quiet here and they do this for every record with the exception of from here to infirmary yes so it's almost like if you're not sold on like what the band is doing at this time the moment that shit starts you're probably already thinking like oh okay well here it comes like mm-hmm. here's the go home music yeah which like uh, god for the first four albums i would say they do that and i like all those songs to varying degrees like you said crawl is the only one that i would say is not s- trying so hard to be like Here's kind of a sad, borderline acoustic-y kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and they all work. And then after that, like, Crimson's Closure is really weird. Um, I never really cared for that song. We can talk about it when we get to it. But yeah, that's, yeah. I think that was kind of the first example where, you know, Blue in the Face does really well. And it actually does a lot better than the electric version that they recorded for the demo. You know and- what? fuck i'm I'm gonna interrupt if only because uh my memory was wrong agony and irony does end with a rock song okay which is into the night but i always the itunes exclusive song in my stomach which is a dan acoustic song is always how i think the record ends because i really like that song but for the sake of me calling us out as like overlooking that I think I just forget about it because that song is kind of whatever. So sorry, okay. sorry, okay. but sorry about that. Nice. You're a little blue in the face in embarrassment. I wish I could crawl out of this room, but I cannot because until death do us part, we have to do this thing. Yeah. Until you take 
that radio no no no, no. Yeah. we're not gonna go there we already went pretty hard on that bit hey um but i think that like smoke is kind of where it sort of starts to like the veil is pulled back a little bit where it's just like uh, all right like this I know what we're trying to do here. We're trying to end on this, uh, yeah. on this like nice little note, but I, that song is pretty forgettable. And then this one just starts out, and it's like it's like, all right, we got the uh, we got the Skiba goes acoustic. Like it's it's a it's a progression that he just like writes in his sleep, which isn't yes. to say that it's bad. It's actually you know he does variations of this so many times over and they're always good. Sure. But this song like just doesn't really go anywhere. It doesn't reveal anything. It's just like, yeah, you're sad. You got dumped and you wish that you didn't. Yeah. Well, and really it's also a bastardized version of the song fine, which closes this addiction, which is one of the only songs on that record. I like, um, and that's a Dan version of this song. And I think Dan is generally better at pulling this off, Smoke being a big exception. Um, it's just, this. the song also feels really long. It's by like the, 45 minutes long, right? But it's Yeah. It, by the time we get through the first chorus, I'm like, all right, we could end it. Yeah, by the time, by the time we get to the first chorus, it's like we've reached the intermission like we found yeah. out that that the hal 9000 is uh is possibly a bad guy and maybe this computer is doing something nefarious interesting reference um i just saw it in imax let me tell you what oh boy it wasn't as good as an original print uh, well i've seen it in 70 millimeter too so jesus christ um yeah i mean i guess the song it's one of those where like you can tell when a band is like we're gonna write this and really, really hope that this is gonna be the new song we can close our sets with, and I do not think that happened. Yeah, I. That's exactly like how I heard it too. Um, you know, just hearing that chorus and hearing it as big as it's like, oh, okay, this was the, uh, this was maybe the the song that you play before you come back for the encore. What's What's really funny is we discussed before how. Um, Matt, I did the Rank Your Records interview with him. And then recently this week, I saw uh, Kerrang! had him rank the Alkaline Trio records. Uh-huh. And it was a different ranking. Um, I, I would not say the piece is nearly as good. But <laughs> he does correctly, I think, put this record in this addiction at the bottom. And it's like, all right, well, I'm glad you finally have gotten it out of your head that those are good things you did. Why did he do that? I mean... um, I don't know. Do you think it's it's like now that they're on something new, he doesn't have to plug the uh, the newest Most thing as being well? And and on that list, he puts is this thing cursed at number one. So like it, it definitely reads to me as a little more of a a ploy. Um, and like they're literally like three sentence descriptions about why he put them where they he did. Uh huh. But I do. Oh I, no, follow up questions. No, there's nothing. Uh, it's like not even really an interview. You know this writer. I tell you what. Talk talk about fake news. Yeah. Um. But it's it's a little funny to have two conflicting versions of that out there. But honestly, like, if he's gonna put this stuff at the bottom, um, I'm not gonna tell him he's wrong. So there's that. Yeah. Um. And you know it's it's like the, the song really only has two parts. Um, it's got it's got a quiet verse. It's got 
a louder chorus yeah uh with just like th- this attempt at like a, a you know big like huge chorus that is gonna like play at the end of the movie um but also like man the, the layers on this like those not freaking, good not good these, these like telecaster uh guitar overdubs of like hey uh hey the kids are playing this stuff they're calling it twinkle now because it's 2013 yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i mean it's definitely Jazz that big again yeah, I mean, it's like, oh, great, Dan moved to Florida uh-huh. and heard Dikembe, <laughs> and now we have this. Um, have you heard of Top Shelf Records? It, you would not believe some of the stuff that's coming out of this little label. Yeah, and like, let's be real, you and I both have a lot of affection for stuff that was kind of coming of that early wave of shit, of the Algernons and yeah. whatever. But by the time we're getting to the You Blew It's, I'm a little less done. interested. I'm done. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a weird thing. Like an arpeggiated chord thing like that is not necessarily like something they hadn't done before, but it's so just kind of inserted over a like post verse, not even really pre-chorus thing here. And they just really run it into the ground. And, and as opposed to, is this thing cursed, which, you know, you can go to Patreon and, and listen to what we thought of it. The reason that record appeals to me more is because when I hear the songs, I don't know immediately where it's going to go. This one from the jump, it's like, all right, I know exactly how we get to this big chorus. Right. And they just kind of bounce back and forth between those poles. There's really not any dynamics to these songs. It's just kind of A, B, A, B, B, sort of slightly different, and then B again, and we're out. And, And it makes all the songs really drag for me. Because it's just, it's such a boilerplate, like, pop punk thing that they never really did and spent a few years doing almost exclusively around the time of this record. Yeah, and I think that it's like, if this is going to be the setup, if this is what you're going to give us, you have to tell us something. Yeah. And I think that this song, free from all context of this band and what they've done previously and who this person is, you know, this is a very relatable song and, and it's not necessarily a bad song. We've been ragging on it a lot, but I think that it, for me, it just kind of fits in that slot of like, I'm not mad at it, but I don't need to hear it ever again. Sure. And and we talked a little bit before we started taping. Like, sometimes I get more mad at things that are just mediocre than things that are actually bad. Because you've heard things that were good come from these people. Yeah. And it's just, like, the idea of, like, I've alluded to the fact that, like, when we talked about Eating Me Alive, I fucking hate that song. And Draculina is probably the worst Alkaline Trio song ever written. Um, But at least they're not lazy. Right. And when it's lazy, I feel insulted because I feel insulted more as a listener. Like when a band like writes a really terrible song, it's kind of like, well, at least they were trying. Maybe at least there was like some kind of like full commitment to the premise. And when it's just lazy and mediocre and just middle of the road, it's just like I should just fucking put on a modern Everclear record. Right. Exactly. Like it's about the same quality. That's the amount of like relatable content that you're going to get in here. And I think that acoustic songs like this, when they work really well, it's because you're being let in 
to an extent. Sure. You're learning something. You're being given something to really sit and chew on and something that's not only relatable, but it's something that turns your perspective a little bit. None of that exists in this track. Yeah, and it's it's interesting because, like, it's not even really an acoustic song, but it evokes it in such a way. Like, there are drums in the chorus. Like, it is a band thing. But it's so muted and, and like the drums feel like an afterthought, which is a big complaint I have about this addiction and my shame is true is like Derek's not really doing anything interesting. And I don't know if that's just from the compositional standpoint. I don't know if that's from producers or kind of pushing more because I know Bill Stevenson has that history. But like, I don't know. This is just it's fine, I guess. But it's not a song I ever need to hear again, and it's one I completely forget about until it comes up on a shuffle like this, as I do about a lot of the songs on this record. And I mean, when I listened to it for the first time, it was I got the verse and I got the chorus, and I was like, "This is all that. This is all that's gonna happen. This yeah. is all that I need from this song. I know what it does, and I know what it tries to do, and I just tune out." Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is, like, you can walk away after the first chorus and, like, not even be in the same room and know exactly what's happening. There's yeah. just, there's no dynamic range to it. It's just all very, like, all right, well, here we go, and this is how it ends, and this is what we do. And that's, like, the least compelling thing to me in music. Um, you know, I think there's a way to, to write something that is a little over the top and a little maudlin and, and stick the landing but this song is so it, it thinks it's profound, but it's not earned any of those designations. It's not done anything to make you feel that way. And that's always when I get a little just like, ah, come on. Like this is just like closing track by numbers. Yep. And um don't like it. I don't know if anyone picked that up, but I don't like it very much. What do you rate it? Because it's not as bad as like their worst songs, and it's just kind of whatever, I give it one and a half out of five i'm gonna go and give it a straight down the line two and a half out of five it doesn't it doesn't upset me and i think that i think that my perspective of listening to it for the first time i'm able to not be quite as offended by the laziness of it as you are although if i if i fucking had to sit with this uh with this song for years for as long as you have I would be pretty peeved by it too. Yeah, I mean, I think like I could give it a two or a two and a half. Like it's 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 whatever, but like it just represents something that I really dislike. You know, it, it, I think I'm giving I'm going a little harder on it, but it's also through the lens of listening to is this thing cursed, where I'm like, oh, there's a bunch of songs like I do get stuck in my head. There are parts that I remember. There are things that I like, and I would like to see them continue doing. Whereas this, uh, this song also represents me hearing this record and hearing this song and being like, really just having to wrestle with the fact it's like, do I like this band anymore? You know, I get to the end of a record like My Shame is True where there's maybe two or three songs that I'm like, oh, this is all right. And like a few bonus track songs that are all right. And really I'm like, I'm embarrassed by the fact that I love this band so much. And this this all sounds very harsh, but that's that's what I was putting onto this a little bit. Yeah, and I think that if there's a takeaway from all of that, it is the fact that Is This Thing Cursed is a very exciting record. Yeah, 
You know, I mean, it's definitely got some minor flaws, I think, and some things I would change. But like, unlike a record like this, where I want to throw away most of it, you know, and, and, and the way I would put it is like being a, a completist music fan with a lot of bands, like pre-ordering My Shame is True and the Broken Wing EP and getting them and being like, there's like 40 bucks I just gave and I don't really like this to is this thing cursed where I pre-ordered it and now I'm like I think I would like to throw that record on sometime yeah maybe walk away at the end but I you know wouldn't uh I don't feel like I was fucking uh bamboozled here (laughs) but I did feel that with until death do us part on that note hey uh if you like what we're doing here subscribe to it baby on uh apple Podcasts, stitcher uh hit us up on twitter we're at as you were pod uh he's at db anthony i'm at better yet pod patreon.com slash as you were if you want to support the show and catch some of that bonus content that we referred to it's been uh it's been a fun few weeks. It's been a very heartwarming few weeks. So thank you all so much for supporting us in all the ways that you do. We will be back next week cuz we like doing it. We like being around each other and we like this band when we like them. And we like talking to you even when we don't like them. We'll see you then. Thanks for listening.